TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to another edition of 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and I am here with the undisputed king of the mountains. He is the co-founder <laughs> of the Wellness Couch and the Wellness Guys. He's the mountaineering guru, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, um, legend. Well, mate, jeepers. Like in the, in the company that we keep right now, I definitely couldn't be that. I couldn't be that. There's no, no way. Damien, you're going to climb mountains in your career. Yeah, mounds. They'll be mounds. Yeah, they will be prepared to this lady. This yes. champion, this mountaineering legend, she's amazing. Well, it's very exciting. We are bringing the queen of the mountains, Jan Smith, back onto 100 Not Out for the third time because Jan is about to embark on a feat never achieved um, in this world, particularly, I'm going to find out more exactly, particularly by a woman from the West. Jan is the oldest woman from the West ever to scale Everest. She did it on her 68th birthday. You can find out so much about Jan in the two previous episodes we've done, but we want to talk to Jan because she's about to get on a plane, go over to Alaska and climb the seventh and final uh, mountain of the seven continents. Jan Smith, welcome back to 100 Not Out. Thank you very much, Marcus and Damien. So, Jan, people would know a lot if they've listened to the episodes that we've already done with you about your story. But for those that haven't and those that are going, well, I want to know more about this Jan Smith character. Just give us a brief background as to what you've done with your mountaineering and the six summits that you've already climbed. Just let people know how this has come about. Yeah, uh, well, I started trekking in in the Himalayas when I was 58, and I loved it, and I thought, yeah, on one of my uh, climbs of Mera Peak, Everest with shining silver peak in the background, I thought, I'm going to do that one. Well, I thought I would do it in five years, but it took me 10. So I finally summed it at 68. And then, then I thought, what do I do now? And people said, what about the seven summits? So that's the seven highest peak on the seven continents, beginning with Everest for Asia. And then you are, so after Everest, yeah. you went off and... Uh, then I then I sailed the two Americas, Aconcar and Argentina, which is 7,000 metres because I was under-trained and I took it for granted everything would be easy after Everest, not true. Then I went for Denali, didn't have my crash helmet at North America. And um, so... You told us that heartbreaking story. Do you remember that? You told us that heartbreaking story on the previous interview with you. I think you got 100 metres from the top and the OHS guy who was the leader of the tour said, sorry, Jan, you don't have your helmet on and you're not getting to the summit. Well, almost. It was 100 metres short of Aconcau. But I went and did that this year. I've left the repeats till the end. So I'd done the other six summits. (laughs) So Kilimanjaro in Africa, Elbrus in Russia, um, Vincent Massive in the Antarctic, um, Carson's Pyramid in Papua New Guinea with uh, undiagnosed diabetes. And I got diagnosed at Christmas time and I uh, had to cancel that trip, put it off for a month, got everything under control, went back to Akintawa in South America and they said I was the strongest in the group and I was first on the summit. So it uh, made a big difference getting the sugars under control once I realized I was a bit out of energy in Carson's Pyramid. Jan, Jan, I know we've spoken about food before and we, we may have even mentioned what you eat on the, on the summits, but 
What's going to change now that you've got this diabetes thing? Because, well, ha- firstly, how do you think you got diabetes? Because you're a pretty fit girl. And, uh, and secondly, yeah. what are you going to do now, food-wise? Uh, well, sugars. I was just um, I was living on, to, on the peninsula doing gardening and driving to Melbourne and thinking I'll just pull out a few more weeds and skip lunch, dinner, whatever, mm-hmm. have a bag, pull up for some petrol, get to two handfuls of uh, sugar like bags what? of what? and eat them instead of meals, yeah. Just, what, like lollies? Always had a... A Mars bar? Yeah. Wow. Well, several. <laughs> so uh, I've always had a <laughs> sweet tooth, you know, just... I define uh, I define restaurants by the quality of their desserts, and I used to skip starches and save up for two desserts. Well, <laughs> I've had to radically change my uh, eating habits now. It's a heap on heap of carbs, savoury food, and you can only have natural sugar, yeah. tiny amount of insulin. And I'm off the tablets, and I'm back in the normal range. I was back within two weeks, oh, so wow. it's just uh, pretty much diet controlled. And they think they'll be off insulin in October. So, so I've done got, really well because I'm sorry. You got bad enough. This is important for people to listen to because you're fit. You're very fit. Um, but you were eating too much sugar. Your, your dietary calorific, your calorific intake was out of balance. You didn't have enough protein, possibly a little bit too much of the wrong fats, and you had too much sugar. And you ended up getting diabetes despite exercising a lot. Now, yep. I think this is and really important. Slim, slim and fit. Yeah, yeah I didn't have any of the risk factors, no family history, etc. They didn't know what type it was. It was five times normal when I went to hospital on Christmas Eve at the wow. doctor's uh, instructions. And, uh, you know, they said, what are you here for? And I said, my doctor told me to, to come to A&E. And he said, put your finger out. And I said, I think I've got high blood sugar. And put your finger out. It was 20. And normal range is 1 to 10. And it had been up to 25. So, you know, it was really pretty much off the scale. Yeah. So they put me on insulin straight away and For got sure. it down a bit overnight. I stayed overnight. Anyway, so, then I went off with a big bag of stuff, but I was off most of that within two weeks. I just had to quit lollies. You know, I put it to the test and the sugar levels kept rising. I thought, no, nah, the medication isn't taking care of that. I have to stop eating cakes and lollies. And so I did, and then it all came down. So I've just had to radically change my eating habits, and I actually have a lot more energy um, with all the, the high-carb diet and low sugar. Okay. I realized that I used to have sugar when I was hungry instead of a meal. So wow. now when I think I need something, I think, no, I actually need food. I don't need sugar. Yeah. So I do that, and it's actually it's a bit of a hassle, but it's uh, easy to control <laughs> now. It's funny because you, oh, we know you're off tomorrow. We know you're about to fly overseas to go and do this, this uh, next summit but today you're uh, yeah but today you're actually uh you're going to squeeze a little bit of work because you know it's not good enough to go and just plan your trip or to pack your bags you've got to get you've got to go build you've got to build a house and go to work so it's unreal you're you're a busy girl i'll be doing the packing tonight i think my uh, plane doesn't go till 6 p.m tomorrow so you know i can really afford to leave it to the last minute which i am doing which is a stupid thing to do but i uh, can do it well, this is what so I want to just – I want to – I would love to pick your brain on this, Jan. Sorry to interrupt, but you're a practicing psychologist. You're 71 yep. years of age. You're about to go and climb yep. the highest mountain, uh, well, 18,000 feet. The base-to-peak rise is considered the largest of any mountain situated entirely above sea level. We're talking six kilometers plus in the air. You're working today. You're at a, a site at the moment of a house you've just bought. You're about to get on a plane tomorrow. You haven't packed – 
some people would be saying, Jan, like, shouldn't you just be taking it easy and watching Days of Our Lives and, you know, making yourself a cup of tea? Like, what is driving you? What is making you so inspired to want to go out and live life to this extent? Um, oh, I love everything I do. I love nature. I love, you know, rescuing natives. That's how we came to get this block. I I uh, cleared their nature strip, which was like a rubbish tip with TVs and bike frames and tools and, you know, rubbish bags and cans and weeds and blackberries and uh, for the owner when the for sale motors went up and then um, then uh, the weeds started growing back under the fence and uh, I thought I'd just have to jump the fence and stop them that side. So I jumped the fence, the owner came along and said, hi, mate, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'm, uh, I'm just getting blackberries and he said, what to eat? And I said, no, I'm trying to get rid of them. And um, he said, I'm the owner, I'll come around and meet you. So he drove around and uh, met me from the drive. So that was like uh, two months ago. And then, um, so they had an auction and I sent my husband in to bid because I was running a psychology workshop in Melbourne on the morning of the auction. And um, he went along, put in a really bargain basement bid and he was the only bidder. Wow. So we ended up with the block, yeah. So uh, I just love it and I enjoy what I do. It just makes me a very happy person. And I love um, the work as well. So I'll go to Dandenong this afternoon and see half a dozen clients and then go home and see about packing and paying a few bills. Damo, there's a lot of wisdom in there, isn't there? She's loving what she does and she's exercising regularly. They're the first two foundations that we talk about on 100 Not Out. This is it. And you're doing it. And yeah, exactly. You're engaging with with the community. With purpose. Um, so then, Jan, the, the obvious question is then, you've, you've got a lot of this, what we talk about on 100 Not Out, you've got it nailed. So when you get to the top of Denali and you've done the seven yep. peaks, um, I know you've said off air that, you know, this will be the last of the mountains, but what, what do you do yep. after that? Like, what's next? Do you, do you feel like you know what the next chapter holds or will you only really know yeah, what it is once chapter, 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 yep, yep, a book, Seven Summits by 70. Aha. Uh-huh. That's the book. Like you, you get, I love it. Absolutely. Um, so you well, I've got to write slides, a book your experience? Yes. I've written a PhD, which was 75,000 words, and a master's, which was 25,000. Um, I know it's a bit different, but, um, yeah, we'll see. Oh, that would be I've great. got all the pictures. I've got, I've got a slideshow for every peak, and I've got um, emails I've written to my husband and a travel journal that I keep even if the pages are freezing. I can see a documentary coming on here. Oh, uh, well, this is what I'd love. I'd love to, I'd love, if I was a, if I was a movie maker, I'd love to make a movie about it. Yeah, this. a movie. Oh. I always remember in the first interview. Who do you want, who, who do you want, who do you want to play your part, Jan? Which, which actress would you have Me. to play your part? <laughs> 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 but I always remember, Damo, with Jan. I, I'll tell you what, when I was a uni student, I was Lana Lane in, um, in a, a thing about Superman and, oh, no, Tarzan, that's right, Tarzan. And we had these electrical engineers swinging in on ropes and sort of picking you up and taking you off on stage for the university reviews. Yeah. So I have done my little bit of acting a long time ago. Oh, it'd be a great movie. It would be a great movie. I just remember in the first episode, in the first interview we did with you, Jan, you were telling us about scaling Everest and you're, you're going up or you're going down either way. And because of the temperatures up there, the bodies of the people, the men and women that have died, normally coming down the mountain, are still like eerily so well preserved. 
And I yeah, remember yeah, when you told frozen. me that it was just so um, it was so stark. And then I read Bear Grylls' um, uh, autobiography and his account of scaling Everest, uh, and it, he was talking about it in the same graphic um, detail. And then you, I mean, I'm not not sure if you've seen the the shorts of this new movie about Everest that's coming out, but it's so graphic. I just cannot believe that. One, people do this, but two, you come down the other end and you have the story to tell. It's just, it's it's phenomenal that you can, uh, I suppose, do it with such grace. But you must feel, I suppose, somewhat inspired by by your own achievements. Yes, I had an epiphany in uh, 2012, uh, 20, no, it's summer in 2012, in 2010, when, um, or 11, when I got to the North Col, which is 8,000 metres, it's the top camp on the south side, the top, the uh, Nepali side before you go for the summit. And we were snowed in for two days in our camp. And when I got down, and then we had no oxygen left to um, to go to the summit, so we went down. And um, on the way down at the cafe in the, uh, um, in the little trading centre, I met other mountaineers who were involved in a glacier, in a, a crevasse opening up uh, on the way through the Kumbu Icefall, and getting separated, and they said it was like a children's game. You didn't know which block to jump onto, and half of them went up to Camp 1, and the other half, divided by this chasm that appeared, went down back down to base camp. And then wow. there was a Japanese who died at the balcony while I was sheltering in the tent with my two Sherpas, and I thought, gosh, you know, what a close call. Maybe I should give this up, and I had this moment of thinking, you know, life is more valuable than these adventures. But then by the next year, I signed up for another shot at uh, Everest. Um, that was 2011, and I got it, you see, from the Tibet side with Dan Mazur. So those thoughts, that epiphany of what is life worth, um, got revised as time went by, and I was distant from those deaths. Oh, phenomenal. I've got to ask you, are you going to be the first Western woman to do the or maybe not the first, but the oldest. Surely you'd have to be the oldest Western woman, maybe woman in the world, to do the seven peaks? Yes. Yes, I believe so. so it's by yeah. the, um, you know, true blue mountaineers not regarded as much of a feat because a lot of them are relatively easy. Um, but it, it, I will still be the oldest woman in the world, I believe. My husband's tried to do a bit of Googling and research and the, so you get you know, the hardcore climbers say we don't we don't count the seven summits. <laughs> What about we only Guinness, count the 8,000-metre peaks. <laughs> Surely, the, would that be a Guinness World Record type of entry? I think so. Yeah, I don't know what they're, they're made of, but it's... Um, well, i got one. Yeah, I've got one. well, I'm... I've got, yeah, yeah I've, got a, I've got a Guinness World Book of Records certificate. What I, play, is it? What I played the right. world's longest game of cricket. So if really? You, if you, yeah, so if you can get one for that, surely you can get one for climbing seven oh, mountains. Surely. Absolutely. Massive mountains. Unbelievable. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Now, um, it's it is uh, quite incredible, and obviously you've got incredible mental um, resilience because even faced uh, with death um, and people around you dying and not making it, you've gone on to do these sorts of things. How do you think um, your mental resolve has um, has improved um, or strengthened since you've been doing these uh, these summits and summiting? Has, has it improved, and does it actually um, help you in work and, and life? Yes. Well, I've got the attitude that I'm not going to be hurried because, you know, I've had um, 
you know, sort of got bleeding in my lungs and stuff when they've pushed me beyond my capacity for speed. So, and groups, you know, you're holding a group up, go faster. Did you say bleeding? Getting a coughing fit and coughing up blood. And they wow. said, and I said, what about that? And they said, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, oh, so oh. nowadays I say, I can't go any faster. So on um, wow. Carson's Pyramid, when I didn't know I had high sugars, I ran out of energy. And they're saying, Dr. Joe, if you just go a little bit faster, you'll get into camp before dark. And I said, well, I just can't go any faster. And it would take me... 16 hours to do what the others who were very fit guides all doing the seven summits would do in eight hours and I just thought one step after the other and I'm sorry guys I can't go any faster and I know it's very boring you know for you young fit people but that's it so I don't push myself anymore and um, when I got to sea level in Bali I got edema which is a swelling my feet swelled and I thought that's you know I've never had that Mm, my mm. father was a doctor and I remember saying if your feet swell you put them above your head on a couple of pillows and I did that but I thought this time I've pushed my body beyond its capacity and then I found out a few weeks later that I had you know rocketing sugar levels and it was a diabetes that I was battling and I thought my mind in this occasion has driven my body a little bit too far yeah, just one one final question, uh, Jan, and um, I'm really curious. You're about to do something which, from what we know, no one at your age has ever done in the history of mankind, woman, humankind, shall I say? Um, <laughs> do you feel um, how appreciated do you feel like these efforts have been? I'm even thinking in terms of when it comes to organizing a trip. Do you feel that you're discriminated against because of your age? Do you, do you have to pay more? Is it harder yep. to get on a tour? Yep. Like you said, yep, definitely, definitely. slower. Absolutely. They won't let me go in a group. I had to pay extra on um, Aconcar in Argentina because of my age. That was the park policy because people die up there. And this time, the Americans, very rule-bound, 70s are cut off. You can't go with a group. You have to have two private guides and pay five times. The group race. My gosh, that's unbelievable. Um, I was yeah. going to ask because there'll be people thinking, oh, I'd love to do what she's done. I'd love to do what Jan's done. But I don't know if I could afford it. How much does it cost you to summit Seven Peaks? Oh, I haven't added it up, but it would be – I haven't had a new car for – let's see, I've been doing it 12 or 14 years. I haven't had a new car since I've been climbing. The money's gone into climbs. Mm. Wow. I would normally trade my car in every 10 years, but I still have the same old car. <laughs> which I love, but um, yeah. would it be? Would you say fifty thousand dollars plus? Would it be? You know, we saying yeah, that, yeah. Surely, yeah. Well, I'm just thinking because there's people going. I really want to do what Jan does. I'll, maybe I should start saving. Um, but maybe there's yep. there's tours that Jan. Maybe Jan could be you know the next um, you know Bill Gates or or you know um, Richard Branson. <laughs> yeah. You might be running tours to to some of the seven people. <laughs> I used to go to Nepal so often that people said, are you a guide? And I said, no, I'm just trying to get up to Everest. Oh, <laughs> so, Jan, Jan if, we did, if we did a 100 not out base camp tour, would you, would you come and lead us? <laughs> would, just, I, would I what? Would you take us to base camp? Oh, what fun, yeah. That's effort in itself, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> is I don't think there's much of base camp left after the earthquakes. Yeah, oh. true. That's true. Good yeah. They have to rebuild the new Everest. Dan Mazur is already advertising the new Everest. Wow. That summit climb who got me to to the to the peak. 
Wow. Well, Damo, no, we, we might look at doing something with Jan in the future. That'd be a nice tour, wouldn't oh, it? Gee, that'd be great. <laughs> I'd, yeah, that'd be go where? Somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. Somewhere. We'll just go somewhere. somewhere. It'd be great. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, love it. All right. Well, Jen, thank you so much and all the very best. Just, we have been so inspired by your efforts. Our listeners have loved hearing about your travels. We'd love to have a chat with you once you're back as the oldest woman to um, climb the Seven Peaks, but all the very best over at Denali or Mount McKinley. And, um, yeah, as we always like to say, may the rest of your life be the best of your life and enjoy getting to the top of that mountain. Thank you very much, Marcus and Damien. Well done, Jen. Well, guys. Bye. I really hope you've enjoyed that with Jan. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. You can provide in any number of ways. The best is to go to the website, thewellnesscouch.com forward slash 100 not out. Also check out the podcast on iTunes, subscribe to it there, and look at the entire range of podcasts available, uh, including the number one show, The Wellness Guys. So until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.